The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and I'm the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister, and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the Founder. Uh, today I am teaching from the book Discover the Power Within You by Eric Butterworth. Uh, we've been teaching this, or I've been teaching this week after week, uh, trying to give people some you know, extra really good substance based upon one of the books I consider a primary book in New Thought. Uh, I have requested that everybody who is following along with this series, please actually get the book so you can do your own reading. And the real teacher, the spirit of truth within you, your true Christ nature can be your teacher. Um, today, we're actually talking about the resurrection of Jesus, the, or as he calls it, the great demonstration. And um, I want to tackle this book at three. Le- I mean, this subject on three levels, not based upon just how he writes it in his book, but actually looking at it from what is being implied by some of his writings. So the first part will be based upon um, a statement that he wrote in the book and some perception, what I'm calling perception and scholarship. Um, in other words, perception I mean, it will be some metaphysics and some scholarship that kind of explains it based upon what some different scholars uh, all talk about as far as the resurrection is concerned. The second part will be on what I'm calling regeneration. 
that's connected to the concept of resurrection. Um, this concept is, is the normal, uh, concept that is one taught by the majority of Christian doctrines around the world. And the regeneration doctrine is something that, um, is taught by, um, what people will call immortalists. And I'm, again, I'm not, I'm just giving information. I'm not taking a stand per se. Then part three will be on divinity and what the resurrection of Jesus means to you and me, how we can utilize it as a symbol for ourselves and to help to actually help us overcome the things that we need to overcome in our own lives. So let's get right to it. I don't want to um, hold off anything. So if you have your books. Go to page 200 and it states, did Jesus actually rise from, excuse me, did Jesus actually rise bodily from the dead? It is unthinkable, unscientific, impossible. The man in the street insists when you die, you're a long time dead. What happens then? Was there some great hoax perpetrated, some vicious Passover plot engineered to lend authority and mystery to a new religion? Have we then built a Christian dogma upon a lie? Then he says, maybe the problem is trying to understand the phenomenon in the framework of human experience. Spiritual things must be spiritually discerned. Man lives in a human body and in a physical world. The Easter mystery must lie in another dimension. How can we be expected to understand when most of us are still struggling to understand life in a three-dimensional world? That's his setting for what he has to say later. And that's really important because this statement, spiritual things must be spiritually discerned. Man lives on a human body and in a physical world. The Easter mystery must lie in another dimension. The Easter mystery must lie in another dimension does not mean physical dimension. He's talking about a different reality of being, uh, a, a total new way of or state of consciousness, a total different level of awareness than what we function on at a three-dimensional level of living. Skipping a paragraph, it states, what does the empty tomb mean? Incidentally, it must mean that there is something eternal about life that can transcend even death, and that the chain reaction of Jesus' great discovery those many years ago uh, triggered the releasement of pent-up energies that recharged the cells of his body so that the death was swallowed up in victory. That's going to be what I'm going to be talking about in the second part, that concept and the validity and et cetera of that. Last point that I want to make before I get into um, some real serious material here, and hopefully you all can take the ride with me. He says, however, fundamentally, the implications of that empty tomb are great and far-reaching. It evidences the function of a principle that we may have overlooked in our study of the universe and in our evaluation of ourselves. Easter is not a passport to another world. It is a quality of perception for this one. Again, Easter is not a passport to another world. It is a quality of perception for this one. So as I was wrestling with some of these things, I wanted to kind of really get into the material and what it means, et cetera, et cetera. So I started to pull up some different information that I thought would be relative to the information that um, some scholars would say. Now, let me just start off 
by saying that it depends on the scholarship you're reading. Mainstream scholars believe that the resurrection, depending on the range, but normally that the resurrection was um, not resuscitation. I'm not making a stand right now. I'm just giving you information. In other words, there's a, they believe there's a difference between the resurrection of Jesus, whatever that means, and the resuscitation of a dead body back to life. In other words, where the body still eliminates, where it, you know, where it eats food, drinks water, sleeps, uh, you know, etc. You know, the actual the heart is beating, the lungs are are working, the kidneys are flowing, the adrenal glands, the brain activity comes back, et cetera, et cetera. So what we call resuscitation uh, means that all of those functions at some way, somewhere or another are actually working. The limbs work, the nervous system works, the skeletal system works, the, 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 the blood is flowing through the body, through the arteries, veins, and capillaries, et cetera. That's what that implies um, versus resurrection and what does that actually mean? So I wanted to read something from uh, this is uh, Rocco Errico and George Lamza, uh, Aramaic Light on the Gospel of Matthew. I'm trying to give you some different versions of how some scholars look at this. First thing I wanted to read was a footnote that he had on page 355, which basically says that New Testament scholars and historians consider all these episodes, meaning resurrection episodes, and all four canonical gospels from the empty tomb to the ascension of Jesus into heaven as trans-historical or meta-historical happenings. In other words, they trans-historical means that it, you know CNN didn't have a camera, couldn't validate it one way or another. It transcends historical, meta, beyond historical events. In other words, not saying that they're false. We're saying that whatever the resurrection was or wasn't can't be proven by the means of measurement that we understand to use based upon the five senses and the material universe. Now, on that same page, 355, uh, it is written, uh, the Semitic verb for rise is calm. It's Q-A-M. It has many meanings in Aramaic. To stand up, to succeed, to rise, to awake, to rise from death. Aramaic-speaking people often use the expression kamle. He has risen, meaning he has succeeded. He has come through or he has awakened. The gospel author used this Aramaic, very Aramaic term kamle to describe Jesus' dramatic and astounding rise from death. All right, I want to read the next page, which is on, which is page 356. And they wrote, Jesus' triumph over death, the enemy of humankind, can, which can only destroy, excuse me, Jesus triumphed over death, the enemy of humankind, which can only destroy the physical form. He rose with a new form, a spiritual body, the new Adam, free from all weakness and limitations that bind and hold the body to earth. He was totally transfigured. Now he could pass through a closed door or move to another location without any hindrance. He had victoriously risen with a glorious body. His disciples and followers who saw him after his resurrection had also risen to a new power. What for a time seemed a dismal failure turned out to be a triumphant victory. 
Their master's death had aroused general sympathy and had won many new followers. A local event had taken on national significance. By remaining loyal to him, their fondest dreams would come true. I'm going to skip beyond that. They perceived and understood as their Lord had seen and known that life on earth was but for a short time and not eternal. The gospel of the kingdom would enrich their lives here and hereafter. Death took on a new meaning. In Aramaic, the word death, meta, also means not present, but somewhere. But somewhere, Death to the Jewish people was a calamity. To his disciples, death came to meet victory. The physical body of their Lord had died, but his spirit and Christ's nature survived. So they are giving a, a concept of the resurrection being something that was that transcends what we had understand to be physical. I'm going to keep going because I have more information that I want to share with this. This is from Marcus Borg. The name of the book is Jesus Uncovering the Life Teachings and Relevance of a Religious Revolutionary. Again, Jesus Uncovering the Life Teachings and Relevance of a Religious Revolutionary. And on page 276, excuse me, he wrote... That what did Easter mean to the early followers of Jesus to state my conclusion in advance for them, including the authors of the New Testament? Easter had two primary meanings. First, the followers of Jesus continued to experience him after his death. They continued to know him as a figure of the present and not simply as a figure from the past. Indeed. They experienced him as a divine reality, as one with God. Second, Easter meant that God had vindicated Jesus. As Acts chapter 2 verse 36 puts it, this Jesus whom you crucified, God has made him both Lord and Messiah. Easter is God's yes to Jesus and God's no to the powers that killed him. Jesus was executed by Rome and vindicated by God to put these meanings, excuse me, to put these two meanings as concisely as possible, Easter meant Jesus lives and Jesus is Lord. Now you got to remember now the context of Jesus is Lord was in the context of the Jewish people living in uh, and being occupied by the Roman Empire, where Caesar was viewed as Lord. Caesar was considered absolute. Caesar was considered a divine reality expressing in human form, and this was. To those early Christians, uh, God's way of saying that this that what we consider this material power was not Lord, that which represents the spirituality, that which represents the wholeness of God and love and the compassion and the peace and harmony of God is Lord. So now moving on, page 277, again, Marcus Borg's book on Jesus. He wrote, some Christians are uncomfortable with the thought that the experiences of Jesus were visions. They, they were only visions or they were only visions, just visions, question mark. We who have been shaped by modern Western culture tend not to think very highly of visions. We commonly think of them as hallucinations that have little or nothing to do with the way things are as subjective experiences that are far less important than real seeings. But not all visions are hallucinations. They can be disclosures of reality. 
to the comment you mean it was just a vision, the proper response is that anybody who has had one will never say it was just a vision. Moreover, moreover, to anticipate the gospel stories, visions can involve not only seeing and hearing, but even a tactile dimension as dreams sometimes do. Thus, a story in which Jesus invites his followers to touch him or is seen to eat does not intrinsically point away from a vision. Paul, Paul's experience of the risen Jesus changed his life and et cetera. And he goes into some other things. But the point that I want to get across is they visions can be disclosures of reality. That which is permanent, enduring, enduring and unchangeable in spirit. So according to this author, he believes that the appearances of Jesus were were metaphysical and not to be diminished, but actually valued beyond what we consider a physical situation. Now, for those new thoughters who would say, well, wait a minute, what does that mean? Let me read something out of the Metaphysical Bible Dictionary, page 349. Metaphysical Bible Dictionary, page 349, where it is written by Charles Fillmore, who wrote a various things on this and when I do part two I'm going to be mainly dealing with a lot of film more but this is something I thought was very interesting he wrote Jesus exists in a realm of being where the limitations of form are dissolved he lives in the body idea when we have identified ourselves with the father mind as Jesus identifies himself with it we shall see him face to face in his spiritual reality but while we are in the consciousness of the physical body, Jesus appears to us in that form. Those who see Jesus in these days as a man with a form see a mental picture impressed upon their souls by Jesus. He stood by Paul in the same way. Many have seen him in this mind mirage, but we shall not see him as he is until we awake in his likeness. Now, I know for a fact that, you know, that um, I heard Reverend Coleman teach that and I know she believed that that the reason why we don't she was said the reason why we don't see Jesus the, the way we should or see spiritual things the way we should is because um, we're not high enough in consciousness, that the consciousness has to be in a certain space to be able to discern certain things spiritually. So that's a real kind of a, a quick overview of what I'm calling scholarship and perception. Um, how did the potentially the earliest parts of the resurrection get viewed by um, the people who experienced it? You know, especially from the standpoint that the people who who did not believe or follow Jesus didn't see him. You know, so if you watch the resurrection story, because, you know, people say, you know, first person Jesus needed to show up to is Pontius Pilate's house and the Jewish authorities and King Herod and et cetera, et cetera. But the point of it is this. It transcends the physical. So when we come back, we're going to deal with part two, which is looking at the resurrection from the concept of regeneration, which is totally different from what I just taught you now. We'll be right back with Truth Transform. 
Unity Online Radio is affiliated with Unity, a nonprofit organization specializing in prayer, publishing, and spiritual education. If you enjoy our programming and would like to support this ministry, go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now to make a contribution. You can make a one-time or recurring monthly donation. Thank you. I'm Dr. Tom Shepard, host of Let's Talk About It on Unity Online Radio. In my studies of world religions, I've repeatedly encountered two central spiritual questions. How do we make sense of life, and how do we live it more successfully? You're invited to explore these two questions with me in my new book, The Many Faces of Prayer, How the Human Family Meets Its Spiritual Needs. You'll be amazed at the remarkable ways people have learned to pray to their gods and to celebrate life individually and as communities of faith. Learn more at unitybooks.org. At the base of all life is the infinite wellspring of Source, and each of us has a unique way of expressing that Source as an individualized soul. Do you enjoy the company of inspiring people who are living on purpose? Do you want to live joyfully attuned to your own unique soul expression? Host Rev. Kristen Powell welcomes you to join the gathering of souls who live this way. You'll meet artists, naturalists, and other soulful expressions that will inspire you to call forth the most alive, passionate version of yourself. Get into the natural stream of your own soul by tuning into Soul Stream live every Wednesday at noon Central Time on Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and I'm teaching Discover the Power Within You by Eric Butterworth. Before we actually get into the second part of this um, subject, resurrection, or as Eric Butterworth calls it, the great demonstration, let me first of all just say, you know, happy Thanksgiving to all who celebrate Thanksgiving in the Western United States culture. And um, have a wonderful holiday with your family. Hopefully you get some food. Um, Let's pray and be of support to people who might not be in the position that you might be in or we're in um, to make sure that they were mindful that um, we're all one. And, uh, and, and, you know, and it's great and a beautiful space to be able to be either as an individual or collectively in a way, in a space to be able to support other people in their growth and development. So have a wonderful holiday. God bless you. And um, don't allow the holidays to be an issue where that creates anything other than peace, love and harmony. Because as a minister, one of the things I've discovered early or that I discovered early on is sometimes the holidays are the most stressful times for people. Because unresolved family issues come to play because you've put everybody in together and the expectations of the holiday season um, 
uh, create or uh, <laughs> uh, drama, not because drama is around holidays, it's because people are people. Anyway, moving on. So, uh, oh, and one other thing. I want to make sure that you know or you're reminded that this show and all the shows on Unity Online Radio are supported by your donations. So please click on the donate button, support Unity, so they can have the funds to be able to do this in a way that uh, can continue to spread this message across the world. Again, one of the ways you can say thank you to Unity Online Radio is by giving a donation. Um, thank you very much for that, your consciousness and your physical contribution. Now, moving on. Most Christians believe that uh, the resurrection of Jesus was some level or form of resuscitation plus, uh, as I mentioned earlier about, you know, the actual physical body reanimating itself. This is what is meant what Eric Butterworth wrote. And I read earlier that, um, that uh, the cells of his, excuse me, that, he triggered the releasement of the pent-up energies that recharged the cells of his body so that death was swallowed up in victory. He then wrote, in years to come, new discoveries in science will probably reveal the actual process, but something happened. So some people believe that the cells of Jesus' body was actually reanimated, and and that is what the majority of the Christian world believes. Now, looking at it from a new thought perspective, I went and looked up and said, okay, what is some of the um, ways we taught it? So I looked at one person who particularly promoted the idea, and that's Charles Fillmore, the co-founder of Unity. If you go to the Revealing Word, page 169, and you look at his definition on resurrection, it states, it is the restoring of mind and body to their original undying state. So if spirit is already perfect, whole, and complete, then he believes that the mind or the consciousness or the soul or the awareness of being and the body have to be restored to a state that reflects the wholeness and the eternal life expression of the body, excuse me, of the spirit consciously. In other words, that we're conscious spirit, soul, body, one in the in, unified in a way where it doesn't separate. Well, and what I mean by separate is normally through what we call the process of of death or transition. The body is dropped, that which we call the personality that went along with that particular body is 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 also left behind, maybe as a part of, or aspect of the subconscious mind. I don't know. Um, as as a part of the soul, because anything that's been a part of the soul, in my belief, remains a part of the soul at some level, unless it's released and eliminated through some other processes like the denials, affirmations, forgiveness, et cetera, et cetera. But anyway, so Mr. Fillmore believed that you could consciously express spirit through mind and body. He goes on to say, this is accomplished by the realization, meaning making it real, thinking and feeling coming together, that God is spirit and that God created man with powers like that which he himself possesses. When man realizes this, his mind and body automatically become immortal. So Charles Fillmore really was what people would call an immortalist. He believed that if a person 
reached the a certain level of consciousness spiritually that he would not have what we or experience what we would call death. Matter of fact, and I couldn't find the actual writing at home um, where he actually talks about the ability to spiritualize the body till you turn it into some form of living energy where you can just take your mind through your conscious thought. You just take your body away and form it as you need it or appear where you want to appear and a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, it was really for real, like Star Trek, beam me up, Scotty, serious stuff. I'm not talking about the validity or the, or of it, or I'm not trying to invalidate it. What I am saying is that his concept was based upon some of the things that he experienced and other new thought people experienced, which was what they believed that if, Sick cells, disease cells, aging cells could be through prayer, meditation, and the understanding or realization of truth could be turned into healthy cells. Uh, why can't that process be continued? That if if aging could be slowed down, how come it couldn't be stopped? If 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 uh you know you know if they're Animals in the animal kingdom, like that particular lizard, and they didn't write this, but I'm using this as an example, that if you cut the tail off, it regrows another tail, then why can't a person at a certain level of consciousness be able to do the same thing? So for them, there was no limitation on what mind could do. If it was, if it understood the spiritual principles that allowed the expression to, to happen. So, so they believed that or he believed that Jesus and his high level of consciousness allowed him to reanimate the body in a way that allowed it to transcend physically what we now call a physical body. That's why I called it resuscitation plus. That was their belief. He goes on to say in the revealing word, he said, he quotes G, uh, the Apostle Paul, if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwelleth in you, he that raised up Christ Jesus from the dead shall give life also to your mortal bodies through his spirit that dwelleth in you. Then he goes on to say, the word resurrection also suggests that there's been a falling short of the, of the divine standard, therefore the necessity of being restored and revived. Through resurrection, man becomes an inhabitant here and now of the heaven of the, of a new heaven and new earth. Then he says, Jesus was raised from the dead. He overcame death in the body. And then he goes on. He then he goes on and explains some other things. Now, in a metaphysical Bible dictionary, he states also on page three forty nine that Jesus resurrected the body that was crucified. This is forcefully brought out in the scriptures, scripture account of the crucifixion. He did this by putting into body the true state of consciousness, put on the new man that after God hath been created in the righteousness and holiness of truth. That was a scripture. He goes on to say, we can resurrect our body just as Jesus resurrected his. Then he quotes Jesus, follow me. We can overcome and make our body like the body of Jesus. We must do this. Then he calls another scripture. The law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus made me free from the law of sin and of death. 
He goes on by saying we resurrect our body by putting a new mind into it, the mind of spirit. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Ignorance and sin kill the body. Understanding and righteousness bring it to life. So he was of the belief that that with the right state of consciousness, with the right state of consciousness, we can transcend what we now understand to be physical laws when it comes to the body. And this is very important. And what ends up happening is, according at least to his theory, is if you have mastery over your mind, you have mastery over your body and that which we understand to be body and mind uh, um, are limited by our levels of thinking in human consciousness. I want to read something from uh, the book, The Spontaneous Healing of Belief, Shattering the Paradigm of False Limits. And he talks about the beliefs um, of of uh, what people are understanding with some of the modern sciences. This is very interesting. Now, this is in the jacket of the book. I have the hardcover. This is in the actual jacket. He go. He says that uh, what science is revealing. He says the miracles that open the door to a powerful new way of seeing the world, and the science that tells us why the miracles are possible, revealing. While we are not limited by the laws of physics and biology as we know them today, how to speak the quantum language of healing, peace, abundance and change, how to make the simple shift in belief that catapults us beyond the limitations of our past. Once we become aware of these life altering discoveries and true life miracles, we must think of ourselves differently. The key to healing our false limitation is to understand what belief is and how it works. What belief is and how it works. Now, and he gives some what I'm calling belief, what he calls belief codes. And he's and one of the belief codes that he gives in the book, which I think is really good. He says, we live our lives based on what we believe our world, excuse me, we live our lives based on what we believe about our world, ourselves, our capabilities, and our limits. I'm going to read that again. We live our lives based on what we believe about our world, ourselves, our capabilities, and our limits. So he asks a question at the bottom of the page. This is page two. He says, if our lives are based on what we believe, then what if those beliefs are wrong? And then he goes on and he says some other things that I think that really, really speak to some of the things that Mr. Fillmore talked about. He says, our beliefs have the power to change the flow of events in the universe. Literally to interrupt and redirect time, matter, and space, and the events that occur within them. Hmm. Hmm. It, it, so, so what he's trying to do is help us realize that that which we understand life to be is based upon our limitations 
of our human levels of thinking. So I'm not going to go deeply, 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 deeply into this, but one of the things that he says is belief is the program that creates patterns in reality. So if Fillmore believed that if you're if you had the proper beliefs, you could express this truth in your life. We're still talking about Eric Butterworth's statement that Jesus learned how to trigger the releasement of pent-up energies that recharge the cells of his body so that death was swallowed up in victory. Now, in the book, The Spiritual Journey of Charles Fillmore by Neil Val, he also quotes Mr. Fillmore who who. Uh, or he made this statement about Mr. Fillmore. He states, Charles Fillmore dedicated his life to demonstrating spiritual truth through bodily regeneration. He was convinced that by applying the spiritual practices contained in the basic unity teachings and the 12 power doctrine, the cells of his human body could be renewed, body parts regenerated, youth restored, and illness overcome. In addition, it would no longer be necessary for humans to pass through physical death. Now, obviously, he he experienced what we call physical death. But what I'm trying to do is give you a concept of understanding how some of this material has been taught through the years. Because if you really get what was taught, that even something as simple as those 12 spiritual gifts, et cetera, et cetera, um, was um, something that he really, really, really believed. If you practiced, you could overcome means that when you do the, okay, I'm going to the, you know, for those who are familiar with the, with the concept, working with these different spiritual centers in the body that represent faculties of mind, that represent spiritual ideas at the spiritual level, that through the working of the, what he called the 12 power system, you actually uh, regenerate the body. You actually regenerate the body. He says also on page 24 of the spiritual journey of Charles S. Fillmore that uh, Jesus Christ said that he could lay down his life or take it up and demonstrated his ability to do so. He also said that those who followed him would eat would Excuse me. He also said that those who followed him were to do even greater things. And why should we doubt the final victory of man over the last enemy, death? Okay. Then he goes on and says, uh, Jesus did not did not die, nor has he gone away. He said that he would continue to be here always. We should not doubt his word. Paul saw him and talked to him several times after he had sublimated his body. He told Paul to go ahead with his work, that he would stand by him and uphold him. He is a power in the world's thought today. He is right here in our midst fully alive. I have talked with many people who declare that they have seen Jesus. Some converse with him mentally. I have also seen him and felt his presence many times. So we're not talking about something that he considered theory for him again he considered it very 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 real so we're going to um get ready to phase into part three after this break and we'll talk about the practical metaphysics behind 
the resurrection story, how you can use this story to be an overcomer in your own life. We'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Chris Michaels, host of The Prosperous Life on Unity Online Radio, is an author, life coach, national speaker, and the founder and spiritual director of the Center for Spiritual Living in Kansas City, Missouri. Through his writing, coaching, and speaking, Chris has helped thousands of people understand the basic spiritual principles that govern our lives. In his book, Your Soul's Assignment, he reminds us that we each have something to do here on earth a unique purpose to our lives. If you're interested in discerning what is yours to do, are looking for practical spiritual principles to inspire your life, or coaching to provide you with the tools to live more fully, visit Chris's website at www.chrismichaels.net. That's www.chrismichaels.net. What is the key to happiness? Would you like to find the fountain of youth? How about all the money and love that you could handle? Well, my friends, it is there for you. You just need to strip off the false beliefs that keep your divine inheritance from being attracted into your life. You need to be real. Be vulnerable. Be naked. What are you waiting for? Let's get naked. This transformational program with Reverend Heidi Allfree is an invitation to explore and remove the blocks that keep you from emotional freedom. Listen to Heidi and her revealing guests as they embrace the power of spiritual nakedness as a guaranteed way to live an authentic and transparent life. Expose yourself to your greatness on Mondays at 3 p.m. Central Time. Let's get naked. No dress code required. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You gotta get rid of your butt. It's bigger than it would appear. It hinders your forward movement when you keep bringing up the rear. You've been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I'm teaching Discover the Power Within You by Eric Butterworth, teaching his chapter on the Great Demonstration, which is basically... um, um, which is basically about the resurrection of Jesus. Now, before I enter into what the last part of it, which I'm calling the, you know, how do you use the resurrection to be an overcomer in your own experience? If you want to do more research on this, just the scholarship of this, um, it's a whole book that I read that uh, is challenging and rewarding uh, called Resurrection, Myth or Reality by John Shelby Spong. He wanted to name it myth and reality, but of course the the authors, um, you know, I mean the publisher 
use the more provocative title, Resurrection, Myth or Reality by John Shelby Spong. It's a whole book, almost 300 pages of how do you actually study the resurrection of Jesus? How do you get into the imagery? How do you get into the Old Testament symbology, um, the Jewish mindset, um, each individual gospel, the witness of Paul, et cetera, et cetera. Fantastic book. So obviously for those who want to go deeper into that aspect of resurrection, you can. And obviously I gave you the information on these other books that I read. Now, if you have the book, Discover the Power Within You, I'm jumping over a whole bunch of stuff because I want to deal with mainly uh a couple of pages on this chapter on page 206 he says the keynote of the great demonstration of this is the keynote of the great demonstration of Easter you are divine no matter what you have thought of yourself no matter what you have done in your life or with it no matter how limited your experience has seemed to be you are divine Like the prodigal son, you may have been living off in the far country. You may have come to no want in the form of obstacles, handicaps, or inharmonious experiences. You must wake up. You must realize the depth of your own divine potential. The divinity of you is that of you that is eternal, ageless, deathless, whole, and complete. It is that of you that is perfect, even when you seem to be imperfect. It is that of you that knows when you are facing indecisiveness and fear. It is that of you that can never be alone. It is that of you that can never really be sick. It is that of you that can never be frustrated for it is the true God self in you. This is the part that we have to realize. The reason why we can always come back is because we are divine expressions of the infinite spirit that we call God. You always have a comeback in you. You always have the ability to overcome. You always have the ability to transcend what you call the limitations of flesh, of of prestige, of race, of gender, of age, or whatever, influence, etc. Because you are a divine expression of God. And that's important for you to realize that there is an aspect of you that transcends who you think you are. See, because people seek things in many ways. One of them is uh, they seek immortality through many ways. This is from Physics of the Soul, the Quantum Book of Living, Dying, Reincarnation, and Immortality by Amit Goswami, Ph.D. He says, the quest of immortality is usually discussed in several different contexts. One, the quest for a death-defying, death-defying drug that rejuvenates a dead person. Two, quest for immortality in the physical body, either in the form of immort- an immortality drug or in the search for an ageless body that somehow turns off the aging agents or mechanisms of the body. Immortality is resurrection in the physical body via divine grace or plan as envisioned by many Christians. Immortality outside of time via a spiritual quest for liberation. This is how spiritual philosophers talk about immortality. People also seek immortality through fame. 
uh, and he gives example after example after example. The point of it is this. None of those things matter as much as you realizing that you're already immortal, that you're already eternal, but not the the part of you that changes in the mirror. The God in you, the true you, the image and likeness you, the I am you, that aspect of you is immortal. He goes on to say at the bottom of page 206, that this is not the impossible, this is not the impossible thing that it, it may appear to be. We do, we do it every time we pray. In other words, recognize our divinity. This is what prayer is. This is what faith is. All the spiritual qualities are rooted in the eternal you, the divinity of you. Jesus said, when thou prayest, enter into thine inner chamber, and when thou shut the door, pray to the Father who is in secret, and thy Father who seeth in secret shall rec- recompense thee. Matthew 6.6 6. In a very real sense, the door that divides the mortal from the immortal, the three-dimensional experience from the eternal domain. Jesus is telling us to close the physical eyes that are fixed on the appearances of the of human experience and to open the spiritual eyes to behold the depths of spirit. See, when we realize that we have overcoming power within us, then we we can always resurrect from the that which we think is keeping us in the tomb. The empty tomb story told us that the tomb couldn't keep Jesus and no tomb of doubt and fear and sickness and lacking and harmony and chaos or whatever can hold you. But you got to know who you are. See, that's the prerequisite to re-resurrection. You got to know who you are. You can know that whatever comes to the table you can handle it because God in you is your resurrection power. God in you is your immortality. He goes on to say on page 207, Christianity has tried and failed miserably to comprehend immortality in terms of time. It has been a matter of the future located in a place called heaven. It has been tomorrow, another life, a future existence. But the great truth that Jesus teaches is that you do not have to die to be immortal. You are immortal right now. Immortality has nothing to do with time. It is beyond time. It is in and of another dimension. We all live in immortality and can't get out of it. The Christ of you, the divinity of you is immortal. That not only means that you will live forever that not only means that you will live forever it does mean that but it also means that you live in the deep foreverness of now so in other words immortality eternal life is eternal nowness is eternal isness is being present to the presence of god in you through you as you right now that makes you an immortal being that's what makes give you conscious ability to demonstrate the things that Jesus and some of these other people talked about was possible for humanity. These works I do, you can do, and even greater works than these because I go unto my Father. But we have to do the inner work. We have to do the inner work. We have to become intimate with our own spirituality. 
intimate with what's in our souls, intimate on the energies and latent abilities that are in our own bodies. If there are people who, you know, and I love to see this when I they show clips of people in China doing Tai Chi and they're 100 years old and they're, just, and they're doing a 45 minute form like it's nothing. Flexible, strong, energetic. Why? Because they have trained themselves to the to master their bodies through breath intention and movement well you can't master anything without the intimate time getting to know it for yourself like music like a sport like a craft like a trade like a a career you got to spend time with it you got to spend time with it like a person You got to spend time with her or you got to spend time with him to get to know them, to become intimate. So so we have to learn how to become intimate with the spirit in the sense that the union of the spiritual and the human levels of consciousness work so harmoniously together that when you see me, when they see you, they see the father. That's what it's about. Then you have the ability to resurrect and give hope to other people because when they see what God is doing in your life, it gives them an opportunity to say, if God is no respecter of persons, if God can help this person get out of the debt, out of sickness, out of the hole, out of this bad relationship, out of this bad circumstance, et cetera, et cetera, if God has done that for them, then God can do it for me. What do I need to know? What do I need to learn? What do I need to do to activate my resurrecting power? It gives you something to think about. It gives you something to think about. He is risen. He is risen. Page 209, he says, look up and live. This is the dimension of life that man has lost sight of. This is the thing we need more than anything else. Look up and live. Look up and live. Push the stone away that's covering you up from walking out of your tomb and live. That's what it's about. So next week, we're going to cover did Jesus teach reincarnation? That's the next chapter in the book, Discover the Power Within You. Did Jesus teach reincarnation? And reincarnation is an interesting subject in and of itself. Um, again, my job is to give you information. You can make up your own mind about what you believe or don't believe. But I think we'll have a good time. So please make sure that you read up. Don't forget that you can uh, check out Christ Universal Temple Services at www.cutemple.org and watch the live stream at 10.30 a.m. to 12 p.m. Central Standard Time. Watch the Reverend Derek B. Wells and our marvelous choir and, uh, and, 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 and just be with us in fellowship online as we worship the truth about God in you. Thank you. God bless you. Have a wonderful holiday, and I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms. 
Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. The benefits of spiritually conscious living start now. For a time-tested method to live with purpose and release your infinite potential, tune in to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien, every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Repeat the words, God is taking care of it, and it will become clear that you are the channel, and that God is the doer of good works through you. This meditative moment, adapted from Mary Cupferly's God Will See You Through, is brought to you by Unity. God is formless, yet takes many forms. What goes around comes around. Chant the name of the Lord and be free. No one comes to the Father except through me. Ever been confused by the variety and apparent contradiction within world religions? Join Reverend Paul John Roach every Tuesday for insight into those principles held in common by all the great religious traditions in world spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions. Using discussions, interviews, humor, insight, and Practical advice, we will clarify the confusion and reveal simple yet profound truths. Call in with your questions and ideas and help break down the barriers that separate us from one another. That's World Spirituality with Paul John Roach. Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Do you experience the peace and joy promised by A Course in Miracles? Or are you still struggling to truly live your beliefs from moment to moment? Let Rev. Jennifer Hadley help you focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application, by walking your talk. Experience the healing live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central on A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. What if you were intentional about your life, committed to having more energy and being more vibrant? Join Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, as she guides you on a journey to an intentional and energetic life. Empower your life and fully express the wondrous energy, love, and joy you hold in your wildest imagining. 
joyfully and actively know that more important than what happens after you die is the deeper and enriching concern for what happens while you're living. How can you experience an incredible life right now? Learn how each week on The Intentional Spirit. Seeing and Being, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central Time, right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Do you ever feel that calling that you should be doing more with your life? If you're unhappy with the status quo, I can help. My name is Elias Patras, and I'm an intuitive motivator, psychic medium, and motivational speaker. I know that feeling, and on my podcast, Your Inner Voice, I can help you answer that call to step into your life's purpose. I will show you how to recognize and listen to the signs and signals that are all around us and help you tap into your intuition. Join me for the show here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect, educate, and grow on this journey together.